is so immeasurable. God, we're so grateful. We're so thankful for that precious blood that you have already purchased our life, brought us out of darkness and into your glorious light. Jesus, we thank you that when you ascended on high, you did not leave us here alone without help and without hope. She sent the Holy Spirit of God not only to be with us, but to be in us. And we thank you. We thank you for that wisdom, that understanding, that endowment of power that comes. We thank you for the anointing of God. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. We thank you for doors of utterance being open. We thank you that you give us ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. And as we hear that, the entrance of your word, it brings light. Begins to open our eyes to see more clearly than we've ever seen before that which you have done for us, that which you prepared for us to walk in. The knowledge of what it is in the day and the time and the season, this hour that we live in right now, that we're in the kingdom for such a time as this, no matter what it looks like around us in the darkness, that you have called us and you've dispatched us to be light in the midst of this generation. So I thank you for clarity. I thank you for wisdom and revelation. I thank you for the anointing that destroys every yoke. Thank you that you'll do, Holy Spirit, exactly what Jesus said you would do right here in our midst. And we'll give you all the glory and the honor and the praise and the thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning, church. Great to see you this morning. What a great day. Man, this is a day the Lord has made. We get to rejoice and be glad in it. We want to welcome everybody who's joining us by live stream. You're in for a great treat this morning as Brother Joe Morris is with us this morning. And so we're excited about that. Why don't you look at somebody next to you and say, The life of God dwells in me. And the life of God dwells in you. Therefore, you have victory in every situation, under every circumstance. And in every place, and your victory releases a fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere you go. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. I want to welcome our Meeker campus. We're glad that you're with us uh, today for these meetings online. And uh, man, just great things going on all over our region. And we're thankful for what God is doing. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we are blessed and honored, really privileged uh, to have Reverend Joe Morris with us uh, today. And uh, how many of you have never been in one of Brother Joe's meetings before? A number of you. Well, you're in for a, a great treat. And uh, I've known uh, Brother Joe for uh, many years now. And uh, he's just been a great blessing uh, to our lives, uh, the relationship. I believe that there's divine appointments and relationship that God has created. And, and we've been connected for a number of years. He's come ministered a number of times here and really ministers all over the world. And uh, so we're just so blessed to have him with us this morning and, uh, and grateful. Amen. And so why don't you uh, open up your hearts and put your hands together. Give a warm Glenwood Springs welcome to Brother Joe as he comes to minister to us today. Praise God. Thank you, sir. Bless you, man. Love you, man. Good to see you. Glad you're here. Good morning. Good to see you. Praise the Lord. Hard, hard to believe that uh, Pastor Mark and I, we were saying how long 
I was adding up the years, uh, 43 years ago, we went to Bible school. Dear Lord. I was four, he was 22, so that's all right. <laughs> uh, we, we had so much fun that it was uh, almost illegal how much fun we had, but uh, it was good to go to Bible school. I was super young, he was super young. We did some weird jobs together. But the connection around our lives was looking at different people that we knew that obeyed God and did the will of God. And I always see that thread in their lives of contending for everything that heaven has for us. Don't you love that? Just even when Pastor Mark greets us, he's reminding you of what Jesus did for you. And uh, the more we find out what he did for us, the more we're happy, we're excited. And there's an appreciation, a true appreciation that he died for us. It's just inappropriate not to enjoy the blessings he gave us. It'd be rude not to take advantage and, and actually enjoy them. So he, he's blessed you with everything you need. The, the devil's a liar, pants on fire. Don't let the devil lie to you. Uh, you're redeemed from the curse of the law. He's already presented you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight. This morning he's not mad at you, not frustrated with you. He loves you. He loves you, loves you, loves you, wants to bless you, wants to encourage you. It's amazing how the devil doesn't even need to hardly harass people. They, they have enough condemnation on themselves. You know, there, there is no condemnation on us. Come on, you're, you're not walking after the flesh. You're not walking after your senses. You're walking after the Word. Amen. So I, I pull up to see your property, and it just blesses me coming down the road and uh, how all the land you have and the building you have. I remember going to the other building in the mall and uh, over the years and buying chains. I was just telling them, I think I would preach over in, by Denver a lot and then come over the mountain, and I wouldn't have chains, so I'd buy chains. I don't know how many sets of chains I bought. But anyway, uh, I bought a lot of them, but, it, but it's good to come last night. It took me 14 hours to get here yesterday, which would normally take maybe five or six hours, but it was one of those wonderful days flying, praise the Lord. But it was better than coming by donkey, hallelujah, amen. You know, uh, I've, I've been on the road since 86, so 37 years. Last year, I was in 49 churches out of 52 weeks, and, and you really see people grasping what's happening right now. You see that there's a revelation coming in the church that we're, we're living just before Jesus comes. And you said it, this is a season of destiny. God has something for every person in this room. Don't you love it? What heaven's already said about you. He's already seen you. He said, you'd know your God, you'd be strong, and you would do exploits. Hallelujah. There's something about knowing your God. You, you know he's for you. He's not against you. You know how much he loves you. It just produces peace, produces joy. Come on. So, so that's where we are. We're, we're, we're set up for these last days. I know we've had a lot of messages. We've heard a lot of word, and that's to make us strong. And there's a thought pattern just before we're raptured, and that's called steadfastness, so that you're not moved by anything, not moved by anything you see, not moved by anything you feel. You're moved by what the word says about you. So, uh, so God strengthen you. And boy, uh, uh, what a bizarre group that we are come to the very end, and we see the finish line. And, you know, I've never seen a runner in a race go, there's the finish line, and go, I don't know what that is. All their training and all their work, they went into getting ready for the race. They didn't go, oh, my God, what in the world is that? No, it's the finish line. So uh, we're going to look at some things today that show us uh, that we can see the finish line. So our job is to accelerate. Our job is to be all in. I don't fit church into my life. It is my life. I'm not casual about church, and I'm preaching to the choir. You're here on Sunday morning, but uh, uh, this is it. People go, boy, I'd love to live in Bible days. You're living in Bible days right now. 
There's more verses coming to pass right in front of our eyes every single week showing us Jesus is just about to come back to the planet. And isn't it sad? Uh, this is crazy. I have probably several people come up to me after every service the last five years uh, that I was lied to my entire life. I'm so mad that I had joy robbed for me that I was afraid of the end times. I was afraid of the coming of the Lord. Wouldn't it be sad that if people freaked out when you were going to come to their house? Oh my God, they're coming over. No, that would be weird, wouldn't it? I mean, can you believe that when, the Lord, when people found out the Lord was coming, it was uh, uh, connected to fear? There is no bad news for the church. There is no bad news for the church. There's a couple of things like men will be lovers themselves. Uh, so we have selfie sticks, but you're here on Sunday morning and push through uh, a lack of hunger. So we're going to do the will of God. So we'll look at some things today that show us how close we are and we'll, we'll respond in time. We'll go for it. Hallelujah. Colleen sends her greetings from Tulsa. Uh, I don't know if she's had, it's been a while since she's been with me, but she's back in Tulsa, runs our office, doing great. She's a wild preacher lady. She uh, moved to Bangkok when she was 26, sold everything, and went and helped Pastor Mark and Janet school there in Bangkok. And I love that, that someone would just obey God and sell everything they have and go on the mission field. Hallelujah. Amen. So she sends her greetings, and our dog sends his greetings. He's a good dog. Praise the Lord. <laughs> But I'm glad you came this morning. Let's pray and we'll get right into the word. And uh, he'll, he'll strengthen us. He'll encourage us. Hallelujah. Because he's life everlasting. Lord, we lift you up this morning. We're amazed at your kindness, your mercy, and your goodness. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. The appreciation we have that you were beaten. You let yourself be killed for us. Father, help us see everything that Jesus left us when he was raised from the dead. And we see the, the, the time that we're on the earth, Lord, just before God, before Jesus comes back to the planet. That, Father, there'd be a, a protocol for the last day church of goodness and kindness and mercy and miracles. Every facet of Jesus. Lord, we see you this morning high and lifted up with your train filling the temple. So we give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise. We thank you for utterance today. Show us things, Lord. Show us where we are in time and help us do your bidding just before you come. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' wonderful name. Everybody said amen. amen. You know, I'll give you a couple of quick testimonies. Uh, just preaching on the coming of the Lord, I've seen more miracles than when I preached on the power of God. For so many years, I've preached on how to get the power through you, not just to you. And there'd be miracles, there'd be good things, but preaching on the coming of the Lord, it's amazing to see the goodness of God. I was in Alma, Arkansas this last year, and uh, I was preaching along, and there was a young man there. He said about me, he's a con man, he's a con man. I was calling out some words of knowledge. Well, one of the last words of knowledge I had was, there's someone here, you had a, an explosion go off beside your head, and uh, this kid had been playing with some gunpowder and had tannerite go off right by his ear. And uh, he came up and cried. He said, I called that guy BS, and I called him a con man. And uh, here, he said, when, he caught, when I called that out, something got sucked out of his ear. He could perfectly hear. Hallelujah. So the seeing how kind the Lord is is amazing. Now, it's in South Carolina, and uh, I had a word of knowledge that a guy was in a car wreck and hurt his back and hurt his neck. And we, we've heard people that have had things like that happen. But I said, there's someone here. You have damage on the inside of your nose. It's like something got severed. And I said, you're healed. At the end of the service, this guy came walking down. He's like six foot eight, six foot nine. He goes, hey, can I say something? And I was like, oh, Lord, here we go. I said, yeah, go ahead. And uh, he goes, I don't know you. I was real bold. He goes, I don't know you, but I tell you what. I was in a car wreck. I got my neck healed, my back healed just now. He said, my wife was in brain surgery, and they went up through the, her nose to go to the base of her brain. And when they did, they cut the inside of her nose. She hadn't been able to breathe out of it. It's been clogged up. She wasn't even in the service. She texted him and said, when I called that out, her nose opened up. 
So God's so good, you don't even have to be in the service. Come on. His mercy endures forever. I was in, uh, where was I? Corbin, Kentucky. I had a word of knowledge that someone had palsy. It's kind of a weird word of knowledge. And there was a lady there, never been to church before. She's 26 years old. And the presence of God came down on her. The lady sitting beside her said, man, whatever just got on you, just got on me. She got healed of palsy, went home that night. She was so freaked out, she called her Baptist pastor at 1230 at night. And she said, I know the Lord doesn't heal anymore, but I got healed of palsy tonight. And her pastor said, you know what? Don't tell anybody, but I still think he's still doing that today. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) Well, he's just good and kind to reach out to people and love on them and bless them because he loves you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, grab your Bibles. And uh, you just turn wherever you think you ought to turn. We'll see if you're flowing. How's that? Praise the Lord. <laughs> we'll see if we get it. Go, go to Matthew 24, and we'll look at some things today that show us how near we are. So why, why would we get into end-time preaching? I hear people go, what's the purpose? Why, why get into this? Well, uh, there was a whole tribe in the Old Testament that had an understanding of the times to know what the children of Israel ought to do. Indicating if you don't know what time it is, you, you, you don't know what you should do. So there's something about knowing how close you are that you make changes. If you thought the Lord was coming back tomorrow, you'd, you'd go to bed tonight kinder, sweeter. Amen. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you, you be you're raptured? What were you doing last week? I was chewing everybody out. No, that wouldn't be cool. No, you want to be kinder, sweeter, and doing the will of God. My mother used to hold this over me as a kid. We got in this in about 1970. You heard Kenneth Hagin. And back from about 70, 71, 72, 73, almost every night, the rapture is going to happen tonight. I'm like, really? Well, I went to bed every night. Lord, I love you. So, you know, you, you can either respond with humility or haughtiness. So uh, there's something to thinking about how close you are to seeing him that it's time to make changes. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. So we'll get into some things today that are precise, exact. There's about 80 signs in the book we did this last year showing you how close you are to the coming of the Lord. Sign after sign after sign after sign after sign. Why? Signs aren't there to scare people. Signs are there to show us we're getting closer. I mean, last night on the way from Denver, I knew how close I was getting based on the signs. I saw several signs for Glenwood. It brought me peace. I'm getting closer to Glenwood. (laughs) Amen. So the signs will just help us see how close we are to our destination. So go to Matthew 24, and the Lord's going to talk to his staff here about how close it is till he comes back. So in 24 verse 1, Jesus says here in Matthew 24, Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and the disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said, See not all these things, verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, Hey, tell us, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world? Or that's a bad translation, really it's the end of the age. The world's never coming to an end. So here, Jesus is going to, he's talking to the Jewish boys here uh, before he's raised from the dead. So he's going to give them what it's going to look like, really, just before the second coming. And then you're going to see some verses here that lead up to the tribulation. So watch how he separates it. Look at the next verse there in verse 4. He goes, take heed that no man deceive you. Many will come in my name saying, I'm Christ and shall deceive many. You hear wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled. All these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines, there'll be pestilence, there'll be earthquakes in diverse places. All right, and verse 8 is really the breaking point. Verse 9 is when the tribulation starts. In verse 8, all these are the beginning of sorrows. So, so the Lord's saying some things that are going to be on the earth that are going to be like pressure. Really, that word sorrows, we don't use that word anymore. That's the word birth pains. We would say the word contractions. 
Jesus said there's going to be some things on the earth that are so severe that you can't ignore it. How many of you ladies, when you went into labor, the contractions started getting stronger and stronger, and you didn't go, hey, let's go skiing today. <laughs> no, it's let's go to the hospital, right? They got so severe that they kind of took over. In other words, even if you said, hey, I'm bailing on this deal. No, that baby's coming whether you're ready for it or not, right? So it, it, it took over, and that's what Jesus said it would look like. There'd be some things on the earth that were so filled with pressure that you couldn't ignore. I mean, COVID's something you couldn't ignore. The whole world saw COVID. But he, he said, don't be moved by that. And, you know, you think about it. How many of you ladies, when you had a baby, did, after the baby was born, did you go, those were the coolest contractions I've ever had? <laughs> no, you don't, you don't focus on the contractions. You focus on the baby. Okay, so he's saying here, in the midst of the pressure, focus on what's coming. That is the kingdom of God. The excitement is you're about to see Jesus. Okay, there's not much more radical protocol than going from faith to sight. These songs that we sing where we magnify him, we're about to see him face to face. There's nothing that can prepare you for that. Man, his eyes is a flame of fire, feet like undefined brass, voice of many waters. He's God. At the second coming, it will be so dramatic. The sun will not shine. The stars won't give any light. Uh, a creation is going to bow in adoration. The only light that they're going to see is the light coming from the face that's of Jesus. Come on, brighter. There will be no need for the sun because of the glory that's in his face will outshine everything. Oh, come on. You talk about radical. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that he's Lord. To the glory of God the Father. The first coming he was mocked. He was spit upon. The second coming. You talk about some protocol. Everybody's going to hit the dirt right there. He's Lord. He's God. And they'll lift up their voice and say. Wow. There he is right there. The king of glory. And we'll come right back with him on white horses. How cool is that going to be? I believe my horse will have a good GPS system. Hallelujah. (laughs) Uh, So what an event that we're getting set up for. So as we look at all this, Jesus is telling them what it would look like just before the second coming. Not the rapture, but the second coming. So there'd be pressure on the earth. So there'd be earthquakes. Oklahoma, the number one seismic activity place in the world. 200,000 earthquakes in the last 10 years. Oklahoma, that was in the USA Today. So uh, there's just pressure on the earth right now because Jesus is getting ready to come. If you look at all the things that are happening, there is the setup for the Ezekiel 38 war. And it's just amazing. Why do we get into this? Paul talked about the baptism 12 times, coming of the Lord 52 times. For every one verse there is about the first coming of the Lord, eight times more about the second coming. So very documented. Why why would God document what it would look like? So that we would see it. And he even said, when you see these things coming to pass, lift up your heads. Your redemption is drawing nigh. Indicating he doesn't want you downtrodden. He wants you happy. How many of you were happy the night before you got married? How many of you were excited the night before you got married? How many of you were bummed out the night before you got married? No. You wouldn't go, oh my God, tomorrow's the day. Here we go. I mean, it, that's the picture of getting ready for the coming of the Lord. You know, when Colleen and I got married, I'm standing there, you know, she's walking down the aisle. I was so excited. She's in that white dress. And wouldn't it be weird if I looked up and that she, oh, there's mud all over her. She's been playing in the dirt. That'd be kind of weird. And then as she walks down, I'm standing there and she's walking like this. Oh my God, another one bites the dust. I'm getting ready to marry that guy. Man, would it be weird that there wouldn't be an excitement about seeing the king? And yet most people are afraid to hear about the coming of the Lord. Well, I thought it was going to be bad news. No, there is no bad news for the Christian. So we're about to see him. We're about to see him. We're about to see him. 
Oh, come on now. We're about to see the king. Oh, think about it. Habakkuk said there were shafts of light coming out of his side. And there was the hiding of his power. Come on, Isaiah said, who is this that comes from Basra with garments stained in Edom, radiant in apparel, glorious in statue? Oh, come on. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Come on. Mm. He, you know, he's been so veiled, but he's about to be unveiled for the whole, whole world to see. Hallelujah. Amen. So that's why we get into it. All these verses show us where we are. We're there. So let's go back and look at some. Go over to Isaiah. Buzz over back there for a minute. I think these are one of the easiest witnessing tools right here you're going to see in the Bible here in Isaiah. Isaiah 46. Go down to verse 9. And this will show us why we get into end time preaching. Isaiah 46. Look at verse 9. So cool here. Verse 9 says, Remember the former things of old. I'm God. There's none else. I'm God. There's none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. So, this is kind of wild. He goes, This is how you can tell I'm God. I'm going to tell you the future before you get there. It brings authenticity to the Bible. So, when you're talking to somebody who's not a believer, go, well, let, me just, let me just show you how the Bible's real because it's the only book that gives you future. You can talk to a Buddhist, their book doesn't give you future. You can talk to a Muslim, their book doesn't give you future. This is the only book that gives you future. Ezekiel prophesied the year Israel will be regathered happened exactly to the year. Gabriel told Daniel the year Jesus would come came exactly to the year. Flawless. Now listen to this. I know you've heard this, but this is so cool. Listen to the first ten names of guys in the Bible. and It'll show you the entire plan of God. Okay, it's a lot of info, but run with me mentally for a minute. Adam means man. Seth means appointed. Enos means mortal. Canaan means sorrow. Meheliel means the blessed God. Jared means shall come down. Enoch means teaching. Methuselah means his death brings. Lamech means despairing. Noah means rest. Put them all together. Man is appointed mortal with sorrow. The blessed God shall come down teaching that his death brings a despairing rest. Gives, Gives you the entire plan of God with the first ten names of guys in the Bible. See, he, he's God. Come on. Amen. So he, he, he shows us the end from the beginning. Wow. How cool that he had you in his mind, the finishers of the last day church, the, the accelerators. You always have the fastest runners on the last lap of the race. So that's us. Hallelujah. He's looking at you going, come on, tag, you're it. Let's go. Let's go. You know, we have to get a, a, a mentality like a two-minute warning. How many of you like college football? I'm kind of a college football freak, and I can't handle it when the quarterback's not looking at the play clock. I mean, the play clock's winding down, the quarterback's do-do-do, and I'm like, oh, hello, look at the play clock winding down because things are more crucial as, as time's running out. You can drop the ball at the beginning of the game, but at the end, man, you need to catch it, you need to get your plays done. Well, we're, we're watching the, the clock count down right now that we're about to see him. So how do we, what do we do? We make changes. Everything the Lord's given to you. This is the season to see everything come to pass that he's given you in your heart. A, a season of fulfillment. This is a season of, of reassessing what God's called you to do over the years. What, what's he spoken to you over the years? I know heaven's spoken to you in every service, where, whether it's redemption or whatever, but all of a sudden it'll rekindle what God's called you to do. I think I'll come down and say that to you. See, isn't that true? What happens is when the Lord starts speaking to you, He doesn't go, hey, just chill, have a great life. No, He, he, he burns something in you so you'll accomplish something. 
So it's not just, oh, I'm going to stand by and watch what happens. I'm going to, I'm going to get in the mix of this because I'm a harvester. Yes. Hallelujah. During harvest, everybody's got to get involved. Well, that went over real good. Good night, everybody. Drive safely. All right, start the car. I'll be right there. Come on. Now, everybody has to get involved. All right, let's go over to Luke. Let's, let's see how close we are. Go over to Luke. You know, this last couple of years, you'd be on a, a, a podcast or a TV show, and the, as I'm answering their questions, I go, well, you're fact-checking me while I'm saying these things. They go, that's right. Fact-checking the whole time. So we're going to look at some stuff that's inarguable, precise, flawless that shows us where we are in time shows us that i'm about to see the king wow think about it mm. so go to luke 21 got, got your bibles there go to luke 21 and let's go to verse 24 jesus is going to give us a couple things to look at to make it easy to see where we are and there is no bad news for the church all good news praise god all right look at luke 21 look at verse 24 you've heard this before and know it but it's really good how jesus breaks it down for us in verse 24, they'll fall by the edge of the sword, they'll be led away captive unto all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down or overthrown of the Gentiles or nations until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. So Jesus makes it clear. He goes, okay, the, the, the world is going to be in control of Jerusalem. And then all of a sudden when the Jews get it back, uh, you can know that time's pretty much up. When did that happen? 1967. It's called the Six-Day War. Uh, you had <laughs> Egypt, you had Syria, you had Jordan, you had uh, all these countries come against Israel, tried to wipe them off the planet. And against all odds, Israel won the war. I like the story, you've heard it many times, where there were 88 Egyptian tanks barreling down on Israel. One Israeli cook said, if I'm going to die, I'm going to go out in a blaze of glory. An Israeli cook didn't even know how to fire shells, climbs into a tank, figures out how to load a turret full of shells, and starts firing shells at these 88 tanks. 88 Egyptian tanks against one Israeli tank. And the guy's the cook, doesn't even know how to load the thing, but gets in there and starts loading it. Next thing you know, he's firing shells at those 88 tanks. Next thing you know, the Egyptian commander comes out with a white flag. He said, I'm here to surrender to the highest-ranking officer. And that cook said, highest-ranking officer? It's just me. And that Egyptian commander said, oh, no, it's not just you. The whole night, the countryside was filled with tanks, with men dressed in white. You've been shelling us all night. We can't take it anymore. See, divine intervention. Why? Time's up. Jerusalem's won back. I mean, how crazy is that? I was in Israel a few years ago, and the newspaper came out from Saudi Arabia. We still don't understand how Israel won the Six-Day War. And they attribute it to those men dressed in white on the front of the tanks. You can Google it. You can go to YouTube. It's called Against All Odds. They interview the guy I'm talking about. He said, we don't even believe in this stuff, but something happened. So this guy didn't hardly even believe, and the Lord still used him to, to help Israel make it through the Six-Day War and win Jerusalem back. Why? Time's up. So watch what the Lord says to make this even more intense. There's something about Jerusalem. Remember, if you live west of Jerusalem, you read left to right. If you live east of Jerusalem, you read right to left. The Bible said Jerusalem would be a cup of trembling for all nations. Pretty wild. The devil's so stupid. He puts a, a, an Islamic mosque in Jerusalem everywhere that Jesus did something cool. So there's a mosque right there. What happened? That's where Jesus was beaten. There's a mosque right there. What happened? That's where he was raised from the dead. There's a mosque right there. What happened? That's the Mount of Ascension. In other words, the devil tried to cover up what the Lord did. All he did was give you a tour guide. The Lord must have done something cool here. The Lord must have done something cool here. 
You can go up on the dome of the rock in Arabic. It says, there is no son of God. There is no son of God. There is no son of God. Why? There is the son of God. He came and died and God raised him from the dead. Hallelujah. So, so amazingly, we have this easy. The Lord didn't go, there's going to be a guy named Earl in Nebraska. And when Earl gets saved, you can tell him I'm about to come. No, a whole city was won back in our lifetime. How nice of him to make something big enough for us to get it. Hallelujah. All right, let's go a little further. Go down to verse 29. You got your Bibles there? Go to verse 29. Jesus is going to make it even clearer. He gives us a parable. In verse 29, what's a parable for? To make what he had just said get even clearer. So he says, look at the fig tree or the nation of Israel and all the trees, the prophetic nations around Israel. When they now shoot forth or bud, you see and know of your own selves that summer our harvest is nigh at hand. You know, in Tulsa in the spring this year, I was home one of the weeks. All of a sudden, the trees begin to turn green. They begin to bud. It was so cool. Usually, I miss it. I'm on the road. I was like, wow, I'm, I'm watching it right in front of my eyes. The trees are literally turning color and blooming. I didn't go, oh, my God, what meaneth this? No, I knew exactly what it means. Spring's coming. Summer's coming. It didn't freak me out. I was so excited to see it. But what did it tell me? It, t- it preached to me. There's a temperature change coming. And Jesus said, likewise, just as bold as you are about that, when you see these things, what things? When you see Israel regathered as a nation, 1948, the fig tree bud. Jerusalem won back. When you see these things come to pass, what's the next word he says? No. You ought to circle that word in your Bible. No, 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 no what? No, that the kingdom of God is near and nigh at hand. It's cool to know it's close. I mean, that's kind of cool to go, well, the kingdom's close. Watch this. He's going to open up a whole can of worms in the next verse. You ready? Verse 32, verily I say unto you, this generation will not pass away to all is fulfilled. Wow. What generation? The one that sees Israel regathered and Jerusalem on back. He said the group of people that sees those two events will not pass away to all is fulfilled. I hear people go, I don't believe that. It don't matter. <laughs> I hear people say, I'm not comfortable with that. It don't matter. Tag, you're it, man. You're, you're the generation that's seen it. Now, that's two signs. I can give you 80. I'll give you maybe 10 or 15 this morning. But Jesus said, if you see that, he said, you could see and you could know this. Remember Kenneth Hagin talking about a spirit of seeing and knowing on the church? Where'd that come from? That verse right there. Pretty radical. Now, let's just look at this for a minute. Let's look and see how flawless God is. 1917, Allenby, an Australian general, flies into the land of Israel in a biplane. They passed out leaflets everywhere. Allenby's coming. Allenby's coming. Allenby's coming. They didn't know that in Arabic, his name meant a prophet sent from God to deliver you your land. Well, they, they read that and they thought, man, uh, we can't fight against God. They dropped their guns and the land was turned over to Israel right there. How radical is that? 1917, when that happened. We've had movies about it the last couple of years. Well, that's pretty cool. So what happened? 50 years later, one jubilee, Jerusalem's won back. Flawless. All right, guess what else happened in 1917? Kenneth Hagin was born. Remember the Lord told, him, told his mother to name him John? And she goes, I don't like the name John. I'll name him Kenneth. Don't you love that? How weird is that? Uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'll name him Kenneth. So the Lord tells his mother to name him John, that he would have a part in getting the earth ready for the second coming. Now listen to how cool this is. This is flawless. That he would have a part, not everything, but a part in getting the earth ready for the second coming of the Lord. Guess what Hagen means in the Hebrew? One, to go before, to prepare people for the coming of the Lord. Identical to John the Baptist. Pretty radical. 
I mean, there's a lady, an evangelist in Mark Brzee's church in Tulsa where I attend. Uh, she died a few years ago, and they defibrillated her and got her back. She's in heaven talking to Jesus. And she said, oh, look, there's Kenneth Hagin. And, and the Lord said, you mean John? <laughs> so if, if your name's supposed to be John, it's supposed to be John. <laughs> Listen to the destiny of this. I remember the, uh, the latter 80s when Kenneth Hagin was praying for rain in Tulsa. They had those meetings where they were praying for rain for Europe. And then uh, all those, uh, we call them Acts 19 meetings where we were praying for Mark Brzee. They called it John's legs to the east. What happened was Pastor Mark went and started Bible schools all over, all over Europe. And you think about what the last names of the overseers were. Tony and Patsy Caminetti, what, what nation did they go to? Italy. John and Michelle Grunewald, what nation did they go to? Germany. Chuck and Sheila Banks, what nation did they go to? England. Tim and Vicky Kilstrom, what nation did they go to? Sweden. Every one of their last names were, were what the nations they were supposed to go to. My, John's legs to the east. Just in Switzerland. Now, I, I preached all over Europe, but in Switzerland alone, I preached in Langenthal, Basel, Lausanne, Geneva, Coeur, Zurich. I'm leaving out something. All because of Kenneth Hagin with no fanfare, no flash, zero flash, sowing the word. So you're... You're a part of God doing something with, without any fanfare whatsoever, getting the gospel all over the world. Why? Jesus is just about to come back. Hallelujah. All right, so let's go through the signs. We'll run through them real quick because there's a lot we'll get into. But let's run through them. Number one, Israel made a nation. Number two, Jerusalem won back. Jesus said, if you see those two, uh, that's when I'm coming. So even Harrison House, they were editing my book. They said, you know what? The, we fact-checked all these signs. They actually happened. I said, well, you think I made them up? <laughs> Are you crazy? Come on. Okay, so you got those. The next sign would be the Hebrew language restored. The Bible said just before the coming of the Lord, he'd restore to them a pure language. So, you know, 120 years ago, no one spoke Hebrew in Israel. Now everybody speaks Hebrew. Look it up. Never has that happened ever in history. When did it happen? Your lifetime. You can't find them speaking Amorite, Canaanite, Hittite. But you can hear him speak in Hebrew because God said he would do that. So he's done that in our lifetime. All right, the next sign would be the Ethiopian Jews were brought back. 18,000 airlifted in one day. Israel sent down C-130s into Ethiopia, airlifted them out in one day. Chuck Roberts on CNN Headline News said an exodus that eclipses the book of Exodus. Listen, when CNN goes to preaching about what the Lord's doing, you better lift up your heads. Jesus is about to come back. <laughs> So you've got, you've got the language restored. You've got Israel brought back to their land in 1948. You've got the Ethiopian Jews brought back. See, God's getting everybody in position. Russia went into Crimea. Russia went into the Ukraine. Why? The Bible says that Russia is going to come from the north to attack Israel right after the rapture. What's that? Ezekiel 38 war. Well, guess go north of Israel, Ukraine. So Russia's got in position. <laughs> The language is restored. Israel's regathered. God brought Israel back to his, their land so he can court her. Colleen and I were dating. She was living in Los Angeles. She's from uh, Azusa. I'm living in Tulsa. And I was like, man, we can't date this way. I couldn't text, you know. You can't convey enough emotion while you're dating. So I moved her to Tulsa so we could court, so we could date. And then we got married. God's moved Israel back to the land so he can court her. The Bible says that Russia's going to come down on Israel and God's going to intervene. In this dispensation, he doesn't intervene. He gave the church authority. But after the church is taken off the earth, it goes back to seven years of Old Testament time and God plays rat-a-tat-tat -tat with his baseball bat. 
82% of Russia is going to be wiped out. So, so God will visibly show Israel and the world. The Bible says that the heathen may know that he is God. How cool is that? So you got the language restored. You got Israel brought back. After that, you got the revival of the Roman Empire. Now, what's that? The EU. Uh, they have the woman from the book of Revelation on their money. Pretty radical. <laughs> uh, their capital buildings in Strasbourg, France, it's not similar to the Tower of Babel. It's identical to the Tower of Babel. They said, we'll make our own system. Now, this is the crazy one. Emmanuel Macron, you know, he's the president of France. He's actually the president of the EU this year. Emmanuel means God with us. Macron means the mark. He said, I'll have a Jupiterian reign. He even looks like the guy on the left behind series. That's the Antichrist. <laughs> I'm not saying he's the Antichrist, but if he isn't, he missed a wonderful opportunity, okay? <laughs> so you have people in position. I mean, that's a pretty big deal that, that revive Rome came about. You have Russia rebuild the archway in Palmyra, Syria for Baal worship last year. Why is that a big deal? The Talmud says that's the last sign you'll see for the coming of the Messiah. Okay? You got on, on Animal Planet, uh, uh, an Israeli ornithologist said there's 172 different species of predatory birds that came into the land of Israel. Why? Why? Right after we're raptured, you have the Ezekiel 38 war. God calls on the fowl of the air to come clean the land up. Seven years later at the Battle of Armageddon, he calls on the fowl of the air to clean the land up again. So you got the cleanup crew in Israel. They got to eat something. So, so God's getting all these groups in position. You have the Temple Mount Institute. It's a group of men, last name's Cohen, right there in the old city of Jerusalem. They have everything ready for sacrifices. They have the menorah. They even got the ink ready at the, at the oil of anointing. They found that just a couple years ago. Uh, 20,000 of Jacob's sheep started showing up. You have the red heifers there. You have everything ready to have sacrifices. Right after we're raptured, it's going to go back to Old Testament time. They'll start having sacrifices. So the group of people that are to do that are there. Last year, they got arrested because they tried to have sacrifices on the Temple Mount. Got arrested the year before. But, but each time, the police chief says, I'm going to let them have sacrifices this year. And he doesn't get to do that. He has to arrest them because of so much chaos going on. So you got all these things happening. You have foxes this last year show up on the Temple Mount. Lamentations 5.18 says it'll be so desolate that foxes will show up on the Temple Mount. Happened last year. Last fall, you had fish start showing up in the Dead Sea. Ezekiel prophesied that 2,700 years ago. Last fall, you had the Dead Sea turn blood red where Sodom and Gomorrah is. Guess what day it was on? The Day of Atonement. I told the Lord, you're just showing off now. This is crazy. Come on. This is... So you got, you got what God said you'd see, and you see it right in front of you. So you have, you know, I mean, there's sign after sign after sign. God moving every, if God can get Russia in position, birds in position, Fish in position? What, what's he doing with the church? The church is like, are we really living in the last days? Hello? How, how much do we have to see before we'll make changes in our lives? Come on. Amen? I mean, we're, I mean, come on, whatever you need to do, let's do it. Yes. I, I believe, now I've said this as much as I could over the last 30-some years, 
I believe just before the rapture, Pastor Mark will go, you take the service from 7 to 9, you take it 9 to 11, you take it 11 to 1, you take it 1 to 3, and you guys will have service 24 hours a day. I think right before the rapture, people will be coming into church, it'll be a safe house. We'll, you talk about rejoicing, we'll be excited, because we're about to be altered. Come on, this mortal is about to put on immortality. Come on, the stain of Adam is about to be taken off of you. Come on. Never to get tired again, never to gain weight again. Come on. You can't get much better than getting a glorified body. Come on, hallelujah. So, so change is coming for us. Now, there's so many signs about the second coming, but the wonderful thing is we're getting ready for the rapture of the church. You know, some people go, I don't believe the rapture is going to happen. Well, Enoch was raptured. Elijah was raptured. Jesus was raptured. The church will be raptured. Why? Why? Because we're going to hand off to the Jews. Just as Enoch was raptured, handed off to Noah, Noah rode the flood. Elijah was raptured, handed off to Elisha, the church. Jesus was raptured, handed off to the church. The church will be raptured, we'll hand off to the Jews. So God's got all these groups in place. You've got 144 Jewish evangelists that are going to be raised up right after we're, we're caught up. And God's got those guys. What's amazing is all those guys are friends with Pentecostal preachers. How cool is that? So we're so soon to see the king. You know, it's amazing. Sometimes we think, what are we going to be doing during the millennium? We think we'll be worshiping for a thousand years. You're going to have so much duties. You're going to have so much fun. You're tasting of the powers of the world to come. You're writing your resume right now for what you'll be doing during the millennium. Come on, everything counts right now. Come on, this is it. So what's it going to look like when we get our glorified body? You know, you think about Jesus when he was on the road to Emmaus. I love that their eyes were holding the fact of who he was. Don't you love that? Isn't that cool? They couldn't tell who he was. So Jesus is raised from the dead, and they don't know him. Their eyes are beholden to it. And the Bible says that the first thing he asked them was, uh, why are you so sad? He goes, well, if you lived around here, they crucified our, my Lord. And the Bible says he would have kept on going. They constrained him to stay for dinner. And all of a sudden, he sat down with them and took them through the word. They didn't know who he was. He took them through the word. And in the Old Testament, he showed them Christ. How cool is that? That we're a faith people. We've gotten this before we could see. You know what's going to happen during the millennium? People are going to come up to you and go, wait, 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 wait. You accepted Jesus when you, you couldn't see him? So, so God, God's going to brag on you that you took this all by faith through a guy yelling at you through the foolishness of preaching. So here, Jesus takes them through the word. So not just going, here I am, takes them through the word so they can get it by the word. They went and told, and then he disappeared. And they go, man, did not our hearts burn within us the words that he spoke to us? His words are spirit in their life. They go back to their buddies. They go, man, we saw him. He's raised from the dead. Thomas goes, no, you didn't. You're crazy. There's no way I believe that. You didn't see him. I won't believe until I see the hole in his hands. I see the hole in his side. Jesus walks right through the wall. Thomas, be not faithless. Amen. Thrust your hand into my side. Woo. Put your finger in the hole of my, my hand. Wow. He goes, my Lord and my God. Wow, I guess. And then they freaked out. They go, wow, he's the spirit. He... He walked through the wall, and Jesus, watch this. This is your future. Jesus goes, check this out. Uh, I'm, I, I'm not a spirit. You can handle me. Handle me. A spirit hath not flesh and bone, as you see I have. But then what's the first thing he said was, do you have any meat? He didn't say, do you have any kale? He didn't say, do you have any broccoli? He didn't say, do you have any shrubbery? He said, where's the beef? So in your glorified body, you're going to have an appetite. You're going to be able to walk through walls. It'll be translated. The stain of Adam is about to be taken off of us. Come on. We're about to be, we're about to be caught up. Come on. We shall be changed. Yeah. So what Paul say when he got into that? He said, be ye steadfast, 
unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. So the thought pattern just before we leave is to be abounding in the work. Well, that went over real good. Good night, everybody. Drive safely. Come on. Now, he didn't say... He didn't, now, I, if we have a tendency, most people have a tendency to think during the millennium, we're just going to be playing harps. No, you're going to be functioning. You're tasting of the powers of the world to come. We'd be in harp class if that was true. Wouldn't that be weird? Pastor Mark, break out the harps. Couldn't you see Pastor Mark? Wouldn't he be awesome at this? You could just see him do it. He likes to flow with that harp. Hallelujah, man. So we have all these signs that point to the second coming. Sign after sign after sign after sign. Absolutely amazing. If you get into all of it, it's crazy. You've got men will be lovers themselves. We have selfie sticks. Los Angeles, I saw a guy almost get hit by a car. He had two uh, uh, phones trying to take pictures of himself at the same time. Lord help us. So, so all this stuff is happening because there's a change coming. We're about to be caught up. Jesus is about to come back. So you got signs and you got signals. What, what were the signals? You had blood red moons. Now, and I'm closing with just a second, but I want you to see this. You had blood red moons a few years ago on when? Passover and tabernacles. That's a pretty big deal. Passover is when he died for us. Tabernacles is when he's going to come back and tabernacle with men. So, I mean, that's a huge deal to have blood red moons significant with those dates. When's the last time you had four in a row like that? NASA calls it a tetrad. When's the last time you had four in a row like that? 1967 when Jerusalem was won back. 1948, when Israel's made a nation. 1492, at the Edict of Expulsion, when the Jews were kicked out of Spain. And God raised up Columbus to sail the ocean blue in 1492. What did Columbus find? America, safe harbor for the Jews. So you got signals. You got, you got the heavens signaling he's coming. And you had the Bethlehem star when Jesus was born. You had Jupiter, Regulus, and Venus come together. Jupiter, a king planet. Regulus, king planet. Regulus, <laughs> it did retrograde motion and crowned Jupiter. Because the king's about to come. So what was the constellation when Jesus was born? Wow, Virgo. This last year, NBC Nightly News. We have a celestial event. Jupiter, Regulus, Venus. Wow, Bethlehem star. First time in 2,000 years. It's pretty radical. So you got signs, you got signals, you got, there's more. You, I mean, if you went over all the stuff that happened in 2017, I thought, Lord, you missed a wonderful opportunity to come back. This is crazy. I mean, there was so much activity in the heavens in 2017. You had an asteroid come fly by today. It was on NASA's site. You got two more tomorrow and the next day. Last week, one was the size of the Eiffel Tower. NASA had to change their technology because so many asteroids are flying by. They have one that's supposed to come close to the earth in 2029. You know what they named it? Wormwood. I was preaching in the Ukraine 30 years ago, and I said the word wormwood. There's going to be an asteroid hit. Asteroid hit's going to make a third of the waters radioactive. When I said the word wormwood, everyone gasped. I said, what's that mean? They said Chernobyl. So you, you, you just got a lot of stuff going on. If you, if you got into all of it, I mean, I don't have time to go through all of them, but if you went through all the stuff, it's preaching to us. There's a change coming. The author of life is coming back. The Bible says he's going to come back right there to the valley of Megiddo, right there where the battle of Armageddon is going to be. He's going to walk through that valley. I'm the shepherd and the bishop of your souls. I'm the firstborn from the dead. I'm the brightness of the glory of God. I'm the one who was, who is, and is to come. That's who's coming back. Wow, glory to God. So we as a church, what do we do? All the messages we've heard are compressed to get us to accelerate. You could call it fuel. 
You could call it high octane, whatever you want to call it. A buddy of mine years ago had a Porsche 928. We used to go by the airport and we'd put airplane fuel in that Porsche. And it'd be from, go from 90 octane to 102, 104. We'd drive out to Enid, Oklahoma, going 150 miles an hour. He opened the sunroof on that thing. It sucked my straw right out of my Diet Coke. <laughs> I thought, glory to God, that's cool. I love this, man. So, so what makes that happen? High octane. Let the messages you've heard be some stout gospel. Come on, that, that, that calls us to be harvesters. Because we're about to take on a whole new system. The king's coming back. So we know this. We've heard this. We, we, we've heard it many times and we know he's coming. Are, are we preaching it? It doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be strange. <laughs> it can, you can be buying a cheeseburger. Hey, I'll take a cheeseburger, fries, and Diet Coke. And oh, by the way, the Lord's coming back. I was on a flight to Sweden. I'm closing right now. I was on a flight to Sweden. This lady goes, I don't know what's going on. I said, I know exactly what's going on. Israel was regathered. Jerusalem was going back. Revival of the Roman Empire. I went through the whole list. She goes, oh my God, get another flight attendant. Got another flight attendant. What's going on? Israel's made a nation. Jerusalem went back. Went through the whole list. Oh my God, went and got another flight attendant. We had five flight attendants having a church service on a flight to Sweden because the Bible shows us what we can anticipate. Why? To make you more of a voice. Amen. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And he loves you. Not mad at you. Not frustrated with you. He wants to bless you. Wants to strengthen you. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for all of these things that point to your return. We thank you for this season, Lord, where we get to see you function in the church as the resurrected one. The glorified one. We magnify you, Jesus. We glorify you, Jesus. We're in awe of what you did 2,000 years ago. So we lift you up, Father, in Jesus' wonderful name. Everybody said amen. amen. One real quick invitation before we go. I, I know you've, you've heard uh, Pastor Mark many times. Maybe you're a visitor and this is your first time. Uh, please come back and hear Pastor Mark. But maybe you're here and you've never asked Jesus into your heart. Before we dismiss this service, maybe you're here and you've never done that. If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus into your heart, I want to pray with you real quick. With the uplifted hand, say, that's me. Pray for me. I don't know if I died today, where I'd go. Man, it'd be good to know what's going to happen to you. You'd be able to go right in the presence of the Lord forever. Anyone at all, you've never done that, and you want to do it today. Don't want to miss anybody. Don't take anything for granted. I won't embarrass you. I'll pray for you. We'll pray together as a church. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. I don't know where that hand is, but good. Good, good, good. Amen. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Good for you. Good to get born again just before the coming of the Lord. Who else wants to join that one lady? Who else? Who else? Who else wants to join that one? Anybody else? I don't want to miss anybody. Amen. There's another one. Good for you. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Who else? Who else wants to join those two? Come on. Let's, let's, let's give our, our hearts to him today. In your house in heaven, it could be a date when you got born again. You'll be able to walk by that kapow as you go into your house. Amen. Anybody else want to join those two? Amen. We'll, uh, we'll give our lives to the Lord. All right, let's do this this way. Uh, let's do it like this. Let's pray the prayer together with these, those that have raised their hand. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you wanted to. Let's all pray this prayer together. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. This morning, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for dying for me. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says if you believe that prayer, you're going to heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's rejoice. Hallelujah. Congratulations. Amen. Woo. Hallelujah. One more quick invitation, then we'll go. You're here. You say, I'm saved, but I've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
If you're here and you never had that Pentecostal experience, you want to get it this morning, they have a way they'll have you do it. If you're like that and you've never done that, you want to get filled with the Holy Spirit this morning, uh, slip your hand up real high. You can be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Anyone at all. I know there's some that are here that haven't gotten it. Uh, let's get it. Let's get it this morning. Good for you, sis. Awesome. Who else wants to join her to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Amen. Won't take but a second. Anybody else? Anybody else? Now, I say this because I was in Boise. We were doing three services in the morning. Uh, good for you. Good. God bless you, buddy. Awesome. We're going to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Who else wants to join those two? There's two that have raised their hand. Anybody else? I know there's more. Boise, 30 people filled each service. Orlando, Wednesday night, 28 people filled. Lubbock, 58 people filled teaching on end times. There's a whole new crop of people coming in, so don't be embarrassed if you haven't gotten filled. Just get filled. I don't care if you do it today. I don't care when you do it. You can get filled on your way out to your car. But if you're here this morning and want to get filled, lift your hand up real high and say, that's me. I want to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Good for you, buddy. I got you. Got you. There's two I saw. Thank you, thank you, thank you for raising your hand. If you didn't raise your hand, Pastor Mark will give you some instructions on how to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Man, you need to get it. You need that power. You need that high octane. Hallelujah. Thank you for coming this morning. Look forward to seeing you again. We'll come back tonight. We'll get into more about how close we are to the coming of the Lord. We'll see what direction we'll go, but we'll be strengthened. We'll be encouraged. Know this. Remember, before we go, He loves you. He wants to bless you. wants to strengthen you. He's not mad at you. And you're going to see Him very, very soon. Give Pastor Mark a big hand as he comes. Thanks, Pastor Mark. Appreciate you coming today. Thank you, Joe. God bless the Lord. Sir. Thank you, brother. I want to see that harp. I want you want to see, see that, that harp? See that harp. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. If you raise your hand to be filled with the Holy Spirit, there will be altar workers up here right after the service. Just come up here so you raise your hand, and they'll minister to you. They'll show you some things, um, and uh, they'll lead you right into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And if you raise your hand and, and prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time also, they'll be up here just to give you a little packet uh, of books, a gift to you. that will just help you really read that, get on your journey. Uh, in living in relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord. How many of you learned something today? Man, what an exciting time that we live in. Isn't it exciting? Amen. And I believe God is, as we see that and we get excited about that, God is dispatching His church. He's dispatching us. He's He's really creating divine appointments, and so it's more uh, to hear something like this. Know that the day is near, that we have our spiritual antennas up, as it were, to say, you know what, where we're going, what we're doing, we're really sensitive to be led by the Spirit of God because He's setting up appointments. He's setting up places where, where He'll really uh, set you up with an appointment with someone to tell them that Jesus is coming back and uh, your heart's stirred because really he doesn't, He's not willing that any should perish, but that everyone sh should come to the knowledge of Him. Amen. And, uh, you know, Jesus isn't waiting just for the next big meeting. Waiting for the precious fruit of the earth, Right? And so he's, he's not slack like we count slackness. So the time is, is near, it's coming, and so we're aware of those divine appointments. As we hear this, we don't get, oh no, it's, you know, as he said, get our head down and say, oh no. Uh, uh, you know, we say, man, this is a great time, great time that we're in the kingdom right now at this time. Amen. 
Praise the Lord. Well, the Bible says if we're taught the word, we, we communicate with the teacher in all good things. And so you raise your hand. You said you learned something today, which means you were taught something from the word of God. And so it's just our privilege to communicate back to the teacher in all good things. So we're going to receive an offering for Brother Joe. If you're making out a check, make it out to New Creation Church. If you're giving by cash or debit or credit card, uh, the ushers, raise your hand. The ushers will give you an envelope. Uh, if you're giving by text, the number is up there. If you're watching online want to participate in giving you, you can go to the website, uh, push the giving tab there, and it'll lead you right through uh, giving. We've been uh, mightily blessed, and uh, we just want to be able to, as Brother Joe moves and goes uh, to minister to other people about these last days, these same things that we're able to really bless him and uh, keep this ministry going into all the world. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. We got that. We'll just give you a little bit of time right here. Uh, don't forget tonight. Uh, you can stay for the next service. It'll be uh, just good. It'll be amazing. And uh, if you want to come back tonight at 6 o'clock, we'll be here. Uh, I believe God's got some great things, some important things, precise things to say to us as a body and to you individually, and uh, that He's going to cause you to be able to hear some things that otherwise you'd not hear as you come and we open up our hearts. Amen? We're just believing that right now at this time that there's doors of utterance that are open, which means God's going to say things. And, you know, it may just seem like, well, it's just a service, but he's going to say things. In particular, the Spirit of God's going to give you ears to hear uh, what he's saying. It's going to really create a moment where you hear and uh, uh, a significant moment. You know, we've talked about this year being turning a turning point moment. Uh, really, turning points are... Uh, moments in time of significant change. And so we want to capture moments that God is moving, right? Because God's going to make some significant change. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much. Thank you for Jesus, for gifts in the body. Gifts that come minister to us, equipping us to do work of ministry. We thank you this morning. We've heard words that have really stirred us and given us some understanding, equipping us that we might go out from this place and minister to others, that we might really rise up and speak and, and really through utterance by God, begin to prepare hearts, prepare the way for Jesus. And so we just thank you for speaking into our lives. We, we thank you so much. We thank you for this opportunity to communicate with the teacher in all good things in this offering. And we command the blessings of the Word of God to come upon each and every giver in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can go ahead and pass those buckets. After the bucket goes by, you can stand up. All right, say this as we go. What God did in Christ Jesus far exceeds any damage done to me by Adam's fall. You can be dismissed. Make it a great week.